This isn't this isn't funny anymore. Jeffrey, wake up. Nothing. Jeff won't wake up. Jeff won't wake up. So Melissa hangs up the phone and she says, At least that's what I hear. Jeff won't wake up. Jeff won't wake up. Greetings and salutations. So, uh, yeah, hi, my name is Dan Class. Uh, this is The Bitter Spill. I'm in my garage. I was going to record, you know, this uh, on last Friday. And I was feeling guilty because it was Friday. Because I, I like to record much earlier in the week. And then, uh, so I had every plan of recording on Friday. And then and then this weird kind of marathon uh, thing started. And I'm, that's going to be the bulk of what I tell you today. I can't, no, you know what? Let, let, it's really all I can think about. So let's just discuss it right now. And then later this week, maybe I'll make a trivial, <laughs> completely trivial show. Okay. And I'll, I'll begin with a question. When is someone uh, dead? When, when is someone dead? Now, I'm not a doctor, as you know, because if I was, frankly, I, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'd, I'd be off somewhere treating somebody or filling out insurance forms, something like, you know, basically something like golfing. So not being a doctor, not being a clergyman. I really honestly have no kind of hard, cold, personal belief in when someone is actually considered dead. Now, the, uh, you know, you're saying, well, Dan, uh, duh, you know, when they're dead. Well, yeah, when, but when is someone dead, though? And the reason I bring it up is like, for instance, you know, it's not until you're a certain age that you hear about brain death, because there's the, like, they've stopped breathing for a super long time death. And you just figure, you know, that person's dead. Or or it's not really breathing, that's just not breathing. And if the heart's pumping, then obviously they're alive. So really most people say, well, it's when your heart stops, then that's death. Because, uh, you know, if your heart has stopped, let's face it, uh, you know, tomorrow's not going to be that fulfilling for you. And then they get in, well, and that's what always kind of kills me is when, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone, some, you know, 87,000 year old person will die. Some celebrity, you know, they'll be doing a story on the news. Blah, 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 died today at the age of uh, 98 and a half. Uh, they died of heart failure. Well, no, no kidding. I mean, really, honestly, in a, in a way, don't we all really die of heart failure? No, I don't. Listen, again, I'm no MD, but then there's brain death. And brain death, I guess, is when, right, heart failure death is when your heart stops. And then what, what is brain death? When your brain can't tell your heart to pump? Or your brain cannot maintain your normal body? Like, what is, I, I don't know. But anyway, so believe me, it, it raises a lot of questions. And like I say, I have no hard, cold opinion or, or whatever in any direction. All I know is any one of those three areas where you stop breathing for a long time or your heart stops or your brain stops functioning enough to keep everything moving, I think we can all agree is bad. In general, bad for you and your health.
Now, as you know, I sit here in my garage in a drywall box. That was uh, something that I dreamed about for a long time, is having this area here in the garage where I could record these silly recordings. And I used to dream away the hours, and I, I used to dream actually of a much smaller box, but you know, once you start planning these things, you know, they just get bigger. But I couldn't figure out how to really build a decent drywall box in the garage because I had certain sound requirements, sturdiness requirements, and basically I didn't want it to cave in on me while I was in here. How embarrassing would that be? So I enlisted the help of my, my father, and he and I just weren't feeling confident about the whole thing. So we then, in turn, enlisted my cousins. And if you've been listening to the show for long enough, you remember me discussing at great length the building of the box here. And how my two cousins, Rob and Jeff, the load-bearing studs, came up from uh, wherever they were living at the time. Where was it? It wasn't... They're, they're down in San Diego now, but but then they were... I don't know. Laguna Beach? Somewhere in this area. Southern California somewhere. Southerner than, than moi. And so, so basically, in that family, I have three cousins. There's Rob and Jeff and Kelly. And Rob is the oldest. Just to give you kind of like the picture. So Rob is uh, the oldest. I think by now he's about 35. Imagine somewhere between, um, you know, like uh, Jim Carrey or Mark McGrath from uh, Sugar Ray. Somewhere, somewhere in there, that's Rob, okay? Good looking guy. You know, oh, good build. Funny, 35, dark hair. Yeah, okay, again, the, okay, Mark McGrath. So, and then Jeffrey is about, how, how tall are you, man? 6'5", um, 6'2"? He seems huge. He's probably, he's probably only 6'2". I don't know. But he's built like a, you know, you know like a, like, like a Captain America. See, Jeffrey, when he was younger, because he's the youngest, it was Rob Kelly Jeff. Now, Jeff was the youngest, and he used to be the, just the cutest little guy. Maybe I told you the, about this when they were building the place. Jeff just was the cutest little guy, and he used to wear these big, huge glasses. It just made him so cute. He was just so cute. You know, back when he was young, he was so tiny and cute. He had this cute way of talking. He was little Jeffrey. You know, little Jeffrey. There was Rob and Kelly. There was little, little Jeffrey. And then, you know, the teenage years set in, and then the, the young adulthood sets in, and you decide uh, you're going to work out, you know, a couple, two, three hours a day, and you become a huge brick, uh, uh, you know, outhouse of a man. So imagine Jeff is just, the, you know, he's like masculine. He's a big, good-looking, masculine, tall guy, Jeff. Big Jeffrey, you know what I mean? From little cute Jeffrey, big, big Jeffrey. So those two load-bearing studs, they're, you know, they're, I, I mean, I love, I've, you know, I've loved these guys my whole life. You know, they come up here and they build their asses out for two or three days over the course of, I think, two different weekends or something. I don't know, it's outrageous. So, um... But I haven't seen Jeff. I was supposed to see. Well, I, was, I was supposed to see all of them. I guess at Christmas time. 
And there's one of those situations where, you know, Christmas Eve night or Christmas Day, I guess it was Christmas Day, you know, people's plans change at the last minute. And so we didn't actually end up seeing each other, which was a shame because Jeff was going to be with his new girlfriend, whom I've never met. But apparently he's got this very serious girlfriend that I've never met. And I've never even met any of his girlfriends. But, but here's this one. Apparently it's, you know, quite serious. And the kid's always looking forward to seeing their uh, second cousins. Because there's always a good gift. You know, there's always, hey, listen, there's always a good gift involved when, uh, you know, those three get involved. So, okay, fine. Life goes on. And it's Friday morning. And um, Jeff's girlfriend wakes up. Because she thinks Jeff uh, is snoring. And it's getting late or something. Now listen, I, 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 I'm going to tell you a story now for however, however long. I have not been personally involved in any of this. I'm getting all this third hand. I got, you know, a, a cantaloupe for a brain. So, you know, don't, right, don't swear me in, your honor. This is the story as I uh, embellish it. Jeff won't wake up. Ha ha ha, very funny, wake up. This isn't this isn't funny anymore, Jeffrey, wake up. Nothing. Well, panic sets in. She calls the EMT. She calls Rob. Rob lives luckily in the same general area of San Diego as Jeffrey. Rob literally jumps out of bed and runs to Jeff's. And as they're waiting for the EMT, Rob starts performing CPR and mouth to mouth. Nothing. The EMTs come. Assess the situation. They pull out the electric paddles. The ones they always use on the TV shows. Clear. Boom. Nothing. Clear. Boom. Nothing. So they go to the failsafe, the last resort. The big syringe of adrenaline. Now, we've all seen Pulp Fiction. We all know what this is about. Someone's heart stops. If you can ram them with this thing of uh, adrenaline, they can probably be gone for about three weeks before that, but you bang, you hit them with the adrenaline, they run around the apartment screaming lyrics to Who songs or something, you know? They get out the needle. They jam it in. Nothing.
I'm sure my aunt is in a state of shock at this point. Shock and grief and grief and shock and shock. She's driven down like a bat out of hell from the Laguna Beach area. Kelly from Newport. And Rob is there in his pajamas from the night before with his girlfriend. And what do you do? You wait. They tell you your brother's in a coma. They're keeping down the swelling. He's on ice. They go and see him, and there he is, frozen. In a coma, but not so deep in a coma that he's not shivering. He's been felled like a redwood. And the part of you that is trying to deal with reality is going, well, what now? So Rob would send me Text messages on my phone, you know, a couple times a day, keep me posted. If there was any sign of anything, anything to hope for. Because at this point, listen, you'll take anything. Anything in the positive direction. You grab onto it like a life preserver and hold on tight, waiting to be pulled to shore. So I get, I get one from Rob. Yo, Jeff getting tiny bit better. Won't know anything until tonight or tomorrow. Okay. What does that mean, a tiny bit? What, he's up to like 25%? What does that mean? But okay, but better is better. Better is better. Better is better. Hope, just hope. The next message I get from him is, we have Jefferton, holy expletive deleted. He told me he's tired. Made thumbs up and rolled onto his side for a nap. He told you he was tired? The guy was dead 24 hours ago, 36 hours ago. The guy, I would have pronounced this guy DOA and you're telling him that he told you he's tired? What kind of crazy medical voodoo have they got going on in San Diego that they can have him talk? I mean, listen, are you serious? And I'm telling you, this message came in on what? Uh, uh, The 7th. What day was that? Like the next day? Like Saturday? Or Sunday? So I, of course, freak out. I'm like writing it back. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Why? Right? By the next day, he's recognizing his mother. He's recognizing his girlfriend. He's making jokes to the nurses not to look at his ding-a-ling. He's got his glasses on. He's no, he's in and out of it. Listen, they're keeping him heavily sedated. I mean, the guy's not out of the woods. But can you can you believe this? Full. Full cognitive. Full cognitive recovery. Expected. Can you believe that? (laughs) 
Oh, can you even begin to wrap your head around that? I thought the guy was gone. And I don't know if you believe in God, Buddha, Joe Weeder. I don't know what is going on with you, man. I don't know if it's because you won't eat anything that isn't beige. That your body fat is zero. I don't know if there's something going on down in the water in San Diego. I don't know what it is, but please fill us in because you've been there and you came back. And I love you, man. And I would have missed you. I would have, I would have missed you so bad and so hard and so long. I hope to see you soon, and then I hope to see you again, and again, and again, and again, okay? We were supposed to grow old together, okay? You're not allowed to do this again for 60 years, please, please, Jeff, please. And I can't wait to kiss your girlfriend and thank her for being there. Welcome back. That's that's the uh, bitter spill for today. Listen, I can't. It has been a whirlwind, uh, and I haven't even been the one standing around. You know, I've been doing this all from the the confines of my house. God only knows what it's been like for the rest of my family down in San Diego. I was gonna go down there yesterday. I drove halfway down, and they said that uh, Jeff and the family have had so many well wishers that uh, the hospital got impatient with them. <laughs> And it's now, you know, only letting like four people in at a time. I guess they, you know, <laughs> he's had a lot of it, you know, a lot of people down there to kind of, you know, keep the faith. Maybe, you know, maybe that's really helped. I don't know. Listen. So anyway, um, I know this one was late and uh, I know I owe you a show and I'll get to it soon. I, I, I can't think about or talk about anything else today. I'm sorry. Um. Hey Dan, it's Bren. Um, pill 192, wordage, definitions. The one that really got me from what you said was this thing you mentioned, chagrined. Hey, come on. The word actually is, the root word is chagrin, which is French. How can you take chagrin and turn it into chagrined? What's going on here? Can't do it. It's a French word. It's not an English or an American word. Um, and that's all I really wanted to say. Thanks very much. I mean, I love that, that whole rant thing. Um, I don't get it so much, but um, I do get where you're coming from. Speak to you again, Dan. Cheers, mate. Bye. 
Dan Class, it's Matt Zaldor from Zaldor's World. Just looking at uh, the last episode from uh, Bitter Spill, I'm going, wow, 199. That means 200 is next. That means Dan Class has finally reached 200 episodes. Let me tell you, I was quite shocked. I'm glad you made it. And I was like, I figured you would have been at 200 like a couple years ago. But, uh, you know, I'm finally glad to say that you've made it to 200 episodes. Congratulations. Here's to many, 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 many more episodes of Bitterest Pill. Always liking what you put out and uh, putting out great episodes. And uh, dig the uh, last episode talking about the uh, your search for the the, the, the wig. And uh, <laughs> it's very good stuff. As always, congratulations. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep listening. Bye. If you want to call me and, and you know, say hello or whatever, it's 888-315-5753 for uh, toll-free anywhere in the country. I don't know about overseas, but definitely anywhere here in the U.S. Uh, 888-315-5753. Uh, call me. Leave a message toll-free. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's just amazing. I'm so glad. I'm just so glad. Okay, so... Listen, I, I hope you're well. Um, you know, I know a lot of these shows seem to dwell on uh, death sometimes, but, um, you know, I've said it a million times, and I, I'm trying to learn these lessons as I uh, continue forward. Y- you know, if you love someone, tell them. Tell them right now, okay? Don't screw around. All right, thank you for uh, supporting the show. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your... Uh, your listenership and your friendship and all that uh, very much. Uh, Maury, thank you for the great email. I really, I really appreciate it. I really needed it when you when I got it. So um, thank you. And uh, anyway, I'll talk to you soon. All right, be well. Okay, keep breathing. This has been the shorter, free version of this episode of the Bitterest Pill. Thank you for listening. To hear the full version. And the full versions of future episodes, go to www.thebitterestpill.com to become a premium pill subscriber. Don't worry, Cousin Jeffrey is recovering nicely. Seriously. It's a miracle. Thank you for listening. The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media. Jacketmedia.com, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.